Jesus tells us that if you're going to follow him, it has to be much more than simply words. It can't be just things that we say that we believe about Jesus, but we actually have to back it up with what we do. Now, as scouts, we know we have those great principles, those words that we all promise to live by. Every time we get together, we make our scout sign, we take the scout oath, the scout law, we promise to be trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. Every meeting, we promise to do our duty to God and our country. And those are some of the most beautiful words that I took for the first time when I became a, a scout rank 30, 30, how many years ago? I became a scout, a boy scout, I guess about 33 years ago. Took those words for the first time and I don't know that I fully understood exactly what all they meant, but I knew it was the scout oath, the scout law. And ever since then, I repeated those words over and over and over. But one of the things that often comes up when scouts would come, when I was a, a scoutmaster of my troop, the scouts would come for their scoutmaster conference for each rank. And I would ask them, how do they put into practice those words? Scouts, we call that the scout spirit. How do you show scout spirit by living the scout oath and law? How do we put into practice the words that we say we believe? Now, I know that for the the young people here that are scouts, as I said, none of you were alive 20 years ago on this day. So I, I have the benefit of maybe a little bit sharing with you some of the stories of that day that I think could be meaningful to you as well. You might have heard the, the phrase that gets spoken around a lot, never forget. Because this day 20 years ago, for those of us that were alive, was such an important day that it's one of those things that you don't ever quite want to forget because a lot of terrible things happened on that day. And those are maybe some of the things that we'd like to forget. But there's also a lot of amazing things that happened. And those are the, some of the things that I think we never want to forget. And I think that speak a lot to the same kind of values that we hold as scouts today. You know, one of the criticisms today, and you probably see this amongst all your, your friends at school, you can tell that the people who really don't care much about other people, they're the ones that are being mean to people, they don't share with people, maybe but they're making fun of people behind other people's backs. They're not the kind of people that would be very good friends. They're not the kind of people that maybe you even wanna be around. And they kind of just bring everybody else down. Sadly, there are a lot of those kind of people in the world today, and probably you are some of the good people that look at that and say, how do we fix this? Why do people do mean things sometimes? Why is it like that? Well, of course, Jesus knew that it was always like this. There's always been a mix of people, people who do the wrong things because they can, but then there's also people that do the right things and sometimes incredible things because they're free to do that. The story that reminds me on, on this day, people often ask, you know, for adults especially, you know, we can, we can probably tell you if you ask your parents where they were, what they were doing on this day 20 years ago. Uh, for me, it, it has a great significance because I was actually in Washington, D.C. on this day 20 years ago. Uh, so when the, the plane crashed into the Pentagon, I was safe from there. I mean, I was a little bit north, so I was never in any danger. But I remember the the way it impacted uh, my the way I looked at the, the world. 
Uh, I remember I was, at that time, I was not a priest yet. I was not even a seminarian. I was a computer programmer. My background is in computer science. I was working for, at the time, Sprint, the, the telephone company, and I was a computer programmer, and I was in Washington, D.C. for some training. And I remember I looked at the, the internet right before class, which was still kind of a new thing, if you can believe that. The idea that you would get news on the internet was a little bit new. And I saw a picture where it said a plane had crashed into the World Trade Center. Well, I, I was familiar with the World Trade Center buildings, and I knew these are super tall buildings. So some little plane, I'm also a pilot, you know, got lost and probably accidentally crashed into a really tall building. Uh, but then right as class started, I saw a picture of the, the building where the plane had hit, and there's a huge hole in the building. I'm like, wow, that was not a little plane. But it was time to start class, and so we started. And I remember... So that's nine o'clock and uh, those remember 846 was when that that plane hit the tower. So I remember it was, you know, about half an hour, 45 minutes into our class when we had these things back in those days before you could text on your phone called pagers. Now, I yeah, the adults are laughing. I had a really fancy pager because it could get text messages. I could get like 24 characters of a text message on my my pager. So my my pager went off and I, I pulled out my pager in the middle of class and I just looked at it and it said to me, World Trade Center Tower Collapses. And I, I remember thinking, how is that even possible? Because there's these two huge tall buildings and you've probably seen the pictures at least. I'm like, how does, how does it fall over? I mean, I pictured it like falling over sideways because when you think of a tower falling over, that's normally what you think of. And I'm like, wow, what on earth happened? And I could tell some of my other teammates are looking at their parents like, are you looking at this? I'm like, and the person that's teaching the class is like, okay, what's going on? And we're like, well, it said the World Trade Center just collapsed. Like what? And so like, all right, let's take a break. We went to a TV. And as I turned on the TV, I saw, you know, only one of the Twin Towers standing and it's in smoke and I'm like, what just happened? And then maybe 30 seconds after we we turned on the TV, the, the second tower collapsed. And I remember thinking, I had never envisioned into my mind when I heard that a tower collapsed, what that would look like. And then I, I realized what that looked like. And I thought at that moment, right in front of my face as I'm watching it go down of how many people are still in that building, all the people that are around it on the ground, all the lives that were, were lost and so you can understand why adults, especially today, it was so traumatic that none of us had ever seen anything like that, really. So we can certainly remember where we were. But then immediately you start to see all the people that were helping. At the same time that that tower, the first tower went down, a bunch of New York City firefighters and policemen and first responders and priests were running into those towers. In fact, the, the very first known victim of the terrorist attacks 20 years ago was Father Michael Judge, uh, a chaplain, Catholic priest for the, the fire department. People that run toward catastrophe like this, we think of our police, our firefighters, our doctors and, and nurses, and yes, even our even our priests and our, our military, there's, there's something different about people that aren't afraid of the danger, the catastrophe, suffering. There are certain people that rather even run toward these situations where there is need, where somebody is in need, 
where help is needed, God has created certain people that just seem to respond to his grace in such a way that they actually run towards places where there is trouble, where people are in danger, where people need help. Certain people run away and say, I don't want to have anything to do with that. And we all know plenty of people like that. But on this day, 20 years ago, one of the things that really gave me hope was I began to see and hear the stories of all the people that ran toward the towers on that day. And especially today, the image that sticks out with me, I, I watched uh, some of the coverage this morning since I was back in the parish and uh, at the, the field in Pennsylvania, some of you younger people might not even know this story, but there are of course three planes that crashed, two in New York and one crashed in Washington DC where I was. But there was a, a fourth plane uh, that was, we believe headed towards the big Capitol building in Washington DC with the big dome where all the Congress meets. Really, if you think of a symbol of America, that's it. And that fourth plane was headed there. But on that plane, since it was the fourth plane, a few people had gotten word that these other planes had crashed in ways that were obvious that it was, it was an attack. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't a little plane. They knew because they were talking to people on the ground on a phone that their plane had probably been hijacked and it was going to crash into a building. Now you can kind of ask yourself what you would do in that situation. And it would be understandable that a lot of people would probably just not know what to do, would sit there, would pray. And a lot of people did that. But on that flight, flight 93, that was over Pennsylvania at the time, there was uh, a younger man whose name was Todd Beamer. And we know him because we have the transcript of him talking on the phone to someone on the ground. And he got told, this plane is probably hijacked. You're probably not gonna come out alive. It's probably headed towards Washington, D.C. and the Capitol. And so he's like, hold on a second. And he goes and he talks with some other of the passengers and he gets back on the phone. He says, all right, we've decided. We're gonna try to take back the plane. That is amazing. And so we've got the, the flight recorder data that records all the talking in the cockpit and everything. And literally in the face of these armed terrorists who had taken over an airplane, some regular Americans who just happened to be on that plane decided we're gonna take back that plane. This plane is not gonna crash into a building. And the last words that we have from Todd Beamer is like, are you ready? Let's roll. Those are his last recorded words. And then we know that they did, in fact, break into the cockpit. They overpowered the terrorist. And in a, a fight to try to regain the plane, the terrorist flew that plane into the ground where it did not reach its intended target of the Capitol building. Todd Beamer is the kind of person, I think, that we can relate to as scouts. He was not a, an exceptional person. He was not in the military. He was not a policeman. He had not done any training to, to try to do this, but he, like us, believed in a pretty lofty set of ideals. Freedom, the value of taking care of other people. He didn't just decide overnight that he'd be willing to risk his life to save other people. That's something that he probably formulated as a young person about your age. And that's why 
Today is a day that even though you weren't alive during the attacks 20 years ago, the kind of person like Todd Beamer who saved so many people on flight 93, the kind of people like Father Michael Judge who became a priest and then died when the North Tower collapsed, the kind of people like the firefighters, the paramedics who ran into the flaming buildings, the kind of people like the doctors, the nurses, those who spent days looking through the rubble, they didn't just get there on that day. No one decided to be a hero on 9-11 20 years ago. They gradually became a hero starting about your age right now. Probably started simple with something like, on my honor, I promise to do my duty to God and my country. Those are just words, I think, to me when I was a young scout. But I think those kind of words when you promise over and over, I will do my duty to God and my country, and you get older, and you learn what that means when you're in junior high, and you get into high school, and eventually one day, you're in a position like those people in New York and Washington and over the fields of Pennsylvania 20 years ago, words got put into action. As St. James tells us, faith without works is dead. If we just say words and we don't do anything about it, those words are dead and empty. We look back at the heroes of 9-11 as people who did something, often giving their lives. And in a world that doesn't really know what's important anymore, where we'll do anything just to feel comfortable, it really strikes us that these are people who said, I'm willing to die for something. We ought to all ask, my goodness, what could be so important that anyone would suffer anything in this life, yet alone be willing to die? What could be so important that people would give their lives for it? Well, these people on that day were willing to give their lives partly because of words, words they believed, like we the people of the United States, the words of our constitution, the belief that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with unalienable rights, the right to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. Those are just words in our Declaration of Independence. But a lot of people on 9-11 put those words into action. Most especially, I think, those heroes of that day gave their lives for the lives of others. And that's really the scouting spirit. That simple little slogan of ours, do a good turn daily. Well, that causes us every day to say, how can my life benefit somebody else's? My life is not about me. My life is much bigger than just me. And if you start to learn that as a little Cub Scout, to do your best as a young little girl at American Heritage Girls, you start to learn the value of saying, I'm gonna do what I can. I'm just a kid right now, I'm small. What difference can I make? On my honor, I will do my best to do my duty to God and my country. That's a, a little promise for a, a young person to make. But eventually young people grow up and someone who has learned the value of our scouting principles over the long haul, well, those are the kind of people that rush cockpits of hijacked airplanes. Those are the kind of people that run into a burning tower about to fall on top of them. That's the fire chief of New York who re refused to, to leave the tower he knew was gonna fall on him because he wanted to be there for his men. That's all the people who signed up to serve in our armed forces in the days following 9-11 that have kept the world safe for the last 20 years 
so there has not been another terrorist attack in our country. Those people grew up to put into practice things they learned when they were young, that their parents taught them, that scouting taught them. So I'm so reassured. I'm so hopeful for the future today because I look and I see parents here who are teaching your young kids to grow up to be the next heroes. And I see you, you scouts. I see your badges that you're proud of on your uniforms and my, my uniform's full of that stuff too. I love my patches. My uniform always looked like a Christmas tree and I was proud of all the stuff I did as a scout. But I, I look around and I, I see what seems like simple things right now. But I know I'm looking at the, the next generation of heroes. I pray that there's never another 9-11, a terrorist attack that caused the need for such heroism. But if we ever need heroes like that, well, I think a lot of them are sitting right here probably. How will you put into practice the words that we speak so often? Scouting words, words about Jesus, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, I believe in the Holy Spirit. We say those words all the time. But James tells us faith without works is dead. How will you put into practice the words that we say we believe? 20 years ago today, we saw that words on a page, like life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, freedom, liberty, justice for all, those words took on human flesh and a lot of that human flesh gave their life for those words. Today we come and we celebrate this mass and we hear the words of Jesus. This is my body, this is my blood. A lot of those people that died 20 years ago were Catholic. Where did they learn to give up their body for someone else? The words of Jesus every day in the mass, this is my body, this is my blood. Jesus ultimately shows us what it means to lay down your life for your friends. And today on this day, we remember such great loss. We are also filled with great hope because we remember the words of our Lord that said, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. Pray today that you might be inspired by these words, that you would ask your parents about what it was like 20 years ago, and more importantly, what it's like now. How is it different? But that most importantly, as you take your, your oath, repeat the scout law and put into practice the simple scout slogan to just do a good turn daily. Let those be more than just words for you. Live those words over and over and over. And one day when you're called to be a hero, you'll be ready. You'll be prepared.